Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Yeah. 
All right, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is Sunday, November 18th. We are a couple of days away from Thanksgiving over here. Well, welcome to tonight's show, everybody. we got a great one for you. Samuel Lehman from Manor is our guest, as well as Chris Black from High Spirit and his latest project, Professor Black. We kicked things off tonight with good friends from Metallica. Going to the first room with Disciple and Bob Mitchell and vocals over there. All right, we're going to keep the music flowing here. We'll have the interview with Samuel on in about 20 minutes. And we'll be talking to Chris live at about 7.15 in time. How about some teeth quick? Keep it in Jersey. South of Sin.
The Chrome Mags. Oh, my God. Seekers of the Truth. Love those guys. Age of Quarrel, classic hardcore record from New York City. That band kind of fell up. I mean, the band was kind of doomed from the beginning. I mean, they just never got along, most of the members. You know, Harley's been in and out of the band, had it going on his own. John Joseph was back in the band. They are together today. I mean, Harley's not a part of it, uh, but they were a killer outfit. If they were, could have kept it together, it would have made a lot of great records. Absolutely, no doubt about it. And before that, Militia, Kim Chance. We had her on the show years ago. She was real fun to talk to, and I have to be honest with you, she's still pretty easy on the eyes. A go-looking lady. And uh, Ema was asking if that album, uh, hopes that the album gets reissued again. I know in 2005, on a retrospect record, somebody put it out on a CD. It was like a bootleg copy. It was completely unofficial. And it was actually a pretty shitty copy. It was actually worse sounding than the original was from 1986. Uh, so uh, if you want the album, go pick the original up somewhere. I mean, I'm sure you can find it on eBay, Serve Your Savage Beast. But I do agree. It should be re-released by somebody. I'm going to have to talk to some of my reissue friends and their labels to see if there's something they're interested in. It would be pretty cool. And before that, T.T. Quick with Child of Sin. I had a whole bunch of new music I was hoping to get on this week. I just, I've been so busy. I just haven't really had a chance to go through the albums. There's New Metal Church, brand new Venom, you know, the Kronos Venom. I hate to have to say it that way now because a lot of people seem to be more focused on uh, Venom Inc. with uh, Mantis and, uh, and Tony. Uh, but uh, Venom, Kronos is Venom. <laughs> uh, they got a new record coming out, I think, in about two weeks. Uh, so we'll get on a song by them next week. We'll get on some brand new metal church next week. But I do have something new this week. Aftermath out of Chicago. They got a brand new record. Has Smash, Reset, and Control. <laughs> you know shit. Fuck debate. Comment and disrupt this way. This stuff, it's a scam. And you're a fucking slave!
Cyclone, Fall Under Command. Will somebody get those, those guys back together? I know they've been here and there over the years, but I love to see them back together full time and putting out new music. All right, let's talk to Phil Nyman from Manimal. Give me a second here. Yep, I think you're back. Yep, we're good. All right, thank you. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm a big fan of the band, you know, since you guys got started, and I'm happy that you're still doing this. And I'm happy you're putting out better and better records each and every time. Purgatorio just takes the band in a whole new direction to me. Yeah, well, um, more or less, we, we keep on doing music that we love to listen to ourselves. And, and sometimes that takes us in a, in a slightly different direction. And uh, yeah, uh, so be it. But it, it has never been an a, a intention from our side to, to, to make a, a record uh, that sounds like this or sounds like that. Uh, we just keep on doing music that we like to listen to ourselves. And, and, uh, and this is what, what came out this time. Yeah, I mean, going back to the darkest room and even trapped in shadows, it's not that the band changes, but you can hear the progression you know, of the band getting better and getting to know each other more and, and forming that bond together. And it shows on this record. I know it's the same lineup as almost the last record, so that kind of helps out also, I guess. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that you say that because we feel that ourselves as well. We feel that we, we have um, evolved as, as uh, both as songwriters and, and also as musicians, all four of us, I think. Uh, and, and you can hear that um, if you listen to, to the albums that uh, there's been a, um, uh, there's been a, a progression uh, during the years. Absolutely. I mean, when you're putting a band together, I mean, is the hardest part dealing with, like, the business part of it, trying to get the name of the band out there, getting a record deal, or is it finding three or four guys to play with that actually have the same goal that you do? Uh, I would say uh, the latter part, uh, finding guys which you can... Because, because since we are doing this mainly because we... We love music, and, and we, we don't do it to, to, to make a living, of course. We still live with the dream that maybe one day we can uh, we can earn some money from this and, and maybe live from it. But, but since we, we do it mainly for, for the love of music and for the love of, of uh, metal music in, in, in uh, uh, particular, um, the most important thing is to find guys that you go along with and and uh, yeah also they have to have some some skills obviously yeah. uh, to fit in in the band and to be able to, to play the music that we that we write and and uh, but since you, you spend so much time together both in the rehearsal room in the studio and on the on tour and in a tour bus you know uh, you have to get along and and i think we have found the perfect match there. Uh, all four of us, we get along so well. Uh, I love all the other guys, you know. Uh, I have no problems whatsoever. Um, and and um, and also, like you say, said, um, they have the same goals as me and Henrik, who are uh, original members of the band. Uh, both Andre and, and Kenny, who joined us on, on the last album, uh, 
so there's never a problem with uh, should we go on this tour on on that tour. Everybody is like hell yeah all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, Andre and Kenny came into the band around the last album. When they joined the band, is it important that they kind of feel like the members of the band from the beginning, and not like they're just replacement guys who like have to kind of follow what the people before them did? Uh, I think it's, it's never been a problem or issue for us. Uh, people has they have never we we have never experienced any any people saying that hey, these guys are not original members. Uh, it's always only been positive reactions um, and uh, no I, I've, I've never seen it as, as a problem o only it has been something positive because even though we split up with, with our, our former members Peter and, and Richard uh, we split up uh, they left the band I'd say uh, and, and it was we had it was no hard feelings whatsoever they felt like um, the music was it was taking more and more time because we were getting more and more serious with, with the band and, and they felt like it, it took too much time from their regular work and, and, and families and, and so on. So, so they decided to, to, to leave the band uh, because they didn't want to stand in, in our way, stand in the way for all of the band because they saw that there is a big potential in the band. Uh, we can go far and, and, and they didn't want to be the ones standing in the way so 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 they yeah they decided to leave the band and and uh, and and now when we found members uh, sharing the same goals you know it, it's it's only been positive to to get new blood into the band i think uh, we i sure hope that andre and kenny will stay with the band forever because they are such nice guys and and great musicians you know uh, they and, and they they bring so much into the band. Uh, Kenny, he's uh, directing and and um, filming and, and yeah, doing all the the stuff related to our videos. At least the two latest videos we've done. Uh, and and Andre, he's helping me out with the lyrics writing, you know, and he's taking care of most of the social media stuff, uh, updating our Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff. So. the new record coming out I was like because I'm such a fan of the band I was like wow it's only been three years since the last record that's really getting better because there was like five years between the, the darkest room and, and trapped in the shadows so I was like wow that's pretty good but I mean do you feel it like you have to put out a new record on a certain timeline or is it better to wait until you feel you have the material that you want to you know give the people we we are aware of the fact that you can't wait too long between the albums. Uh, nobody benefits from that. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, we will never release an album uh, with songs that we're not 100% satisfied with because no, it's, it's, that that is 
the albums. That that was not good. Uh, but we we um, uh, as we, we as we talked about, uh, we lost two of uh, of the members, and and uh, uh, we had uh, we had children. And we became fathers. Uh, so so we we had it. it it was um, different circumstances uh, causing that, and, but this time uh, we've been more focused, and, and we managed to have the time, like you said, uh, until three years. And hopefully, we will keep up this, and, and maybe it will take not more than two or three years before our next album. Uh, I think we have found uh, also found a way of working when it comes to songwriting that that fits us well. And, and, and makes the process a bit faster. Oh, that's great. You know, it's always important, like, to have a good hometown following. I mean, because when you start out, you know, you basically start to playing where you come from before you can start branching out. I mean, is there enough of a live scene where you come from to keep the band busy? Because it's not that easy. Everybody wants you to play for them, but it's not that easy to get all over the world and play for everybody. Uh, well, for us, it's, it's almost been uh, the opposite, I'd say, because... Uh, I think I, I counted uh, in the past three years we had played 30 times outside Sweden and three times in Sweden. Wow. So, so yeah, uh, but it, it, it's been natural. It has, has come natural to us because uh, the, the the metal scene is much bigger uh, outside Sweden. Even though Sweden has a lot of great metal bands, you know. Uh, and there is a metal scene here, of course, but nevertheless, we're, we're only 10 million people in this country. And, and if you, we, we go to, like, for example, maybe our biggest market is Germany. Um, there is a huge market there. And, and the distances aren't that far. If, if we go travel in Sweden, if we have a show in the very south of Sweden and we go to the very north of Sweden, we have 3,000 kilometers between um, between uh, those two points. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, so um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that we have been, it has been an active choice from our side not to play in Sweden, but it, it, it just, it just uh, turned out that way. Uh, we got uh, two um, European tours, uh, the last two years, and and both of them had no shows in in Sweden. So uh, yeah, it was wasn't us who who booked the, the tours. So we couldn't. Um, uh, we had nothing to to to. to what, what do you say? Uh, we couldn't do anything to to. Um, uh, yeah, to, to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, and and. Um, yeah, so I would say we, we even though when we did a show uh, in our hometown, uh, we did it together with, with the, our Norwegian friends in, in Circus Maximus. We invited them to, to play with us in, uh, in a theater in our hometown. It was more or less a success. So I think we are bigger back home than we uh, would like to think ourselves. Uh, we, we didn't know what to expect, how many people would actually show up, you know, and in this theater they had never booked any metal music or anything, so, so they weren't sure about the, the market uh, in, in, in the town uh, either, so, uh, but it, it was a great success. 
some pyrotechnics, uh, a little bit of fire, you know, and stuff. And it was, uh, yeah, it was really cool. So, so obviously we, and of course we will try to to be more active and play more in in Sweden in the future because we know that we have a lot of fans here. If you even look at the static statistics of, of uh, Spotify plays and, and stuff like that, we can see that we have a strong following in Sweden. So um, on this album, we will try to uh, book a couple of shows at least in in, in Sweden to to um, yeah yeah. Does the internet help the band out in any way? I mean, it's easy to get your music out through the internet, but does it help the band kind of figure out where the following is? You're stronger in Germany, you have a bigger following here, so you can either concentrate on those places or concentrate on the places that people maybe haven't heard of the band yet. You were just here in the USA, and that seemed to have gone over really well. Uh, 
Sure. Well, you know, saying, the album's been out now for about two months. We're coming close to the end of 2018. Does the band have anything planned for this year or next year already that you've been working on? Yeah, uh, right now we're working on a tour next year. Uh, it's not 100% settled yet, so, so unfortunately I can't say anything at this point, but uh, there will be a tour uh, next year, hopefully around uh, April. Um, and uh, for the American fans, uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that it will be a European tour. Um, but uh, yeah, um, and also we're working on uh, festival shows for next summer. Uh, we have a couple of them booked, but they are not announced yet, so I'm not, I'm not allowed to say anything. But, but there will be a couple of um, European festival shows, and then yeah, we're working on that as well. So hopefully, there will be a, a, a fully booked summer for us. We're hoping for that. Well, that's great news. Well, Sammy, I'm not going to keep you today. I'm glad I finally got to speak to you. The best of luck with the band, and I'm looking forward to more new music from you guys over the years. Oh, thank you, Mike. You have a great night over there. Yeah, same to you. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Blades of Steel. Love those guys. That was our interview with Samuel Nyman from Animal. For some reason, I didn't upload any music off the new record, so I apologize. But I'll get something on by the band next week. I'm going to be talking to Chris Black in about 15 minutes. We'll play a couple of more tunes between now and then. Uh, I was just bouncing around on the news websites and I saw Ace Frehley, I guess, in an interview, says that he doesn't need practice anymore. And as somebody who has seen Ace Frehley live a couple of times over the last few years, he definitely needs the practice. I can't tell you how many shows I've seen him, like, you know, his solo band, where he forgot how to play the song. He had to stop the song after, like, a minute and redo it because he lost his place. Ace, you definitely need the practice. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I always, I was a big Kiss fan. They were, like, the first rock band I ever got into in the mid-70s when I was, like, 10 years old. It was more because of the image, probably, than the music back then, but I became a humongous fan, and I loved those guys back then, and I, and I still liked them throughout, you know, the 80s, and then I kind of lost it for them a little bit, then when they reunited with that original lineup, I, I kind of fell in love with them again for a while, and Kiss is Kiss, you know what I mean, but what did Ace really become a guitar god? I mean, he's a pretty good player, but he's not the greatest player out there, he's not an innovator, he, I, that's my opinion, I mean, I'm not a guitar player, I play bass, but I mean, I never, you know, people love, I think, the image and the history of Ace, but talent-wise, he's not as great as people make him sound. That's just my opinion. I'm going to get a lot of flack for that. But it's true. When he says it doesn't need to rehearse, and then you go see Ace live, and he plays one minute of a song, and, it, and it's like a Kiss song or something that he's played a million times over the last 40 years, and he loses his place, and he has to start over again. Or he plays the wrong notes when he's live, <laughs> and have to stop and redo the song. And not to mention how many times he falls off the stage on a live performance, which I counted three times in one show at B.B. King's in New York. I mean, so yeah, I think you do need to practice. <laughs> That's just my opinion. John says New Venom. John, next week I'll play New Venom, New Metal Church. I didn't get a chance to go through anything this week, and uh, this week's not looking any better with the holiday coming up. But I promise that we'll get on a couple of new songs next week, and Venom and Metal Church will be two of them. But right now, let's go back to some more classics. How about Sarah Tungul? Blood
Knights in Black, Chris Black's main band. Uh, he's doing Professor Black right now. I mean, High Spirits is still active, but he's actually in a lot of active. This is in a lot of bands altogether on and off throughout the years. But uh, Professor Black is all about now, and we're going to give him a call. I'm going to talk to him all about that. So just bear with me for one second here while I put his number, and we give him a call. So hang on there. Hello? Chris, this is Mike from Heavy Metal Mayhem. You're on the radio live. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's a pleasure to talk with you. And I'm more happy because, boy, you dumped a ton of new music on us, and you did a great job like always. Oh, thanks very much. Uh, Glad to hear that. Uh, Absolutely. Well, Professor Black, I mean, you know, people know you by that name for quite a while now, but I guess you kind of figured it would be easy to take everything that you do and kind of fold it into one camp instead of spreading it out amongst different bands. Um, That's uh, that's exactly right, Mike. Um, What what happened was I I realized I had had, had too many buckets going, you know, too many... um, too many different projects, you know, it came to a point where it was really, uh, honestly hard to manage, you know, not only, uh, from a creative standpoint, but from, you know, more of a, literally from a management standpoint, it's like, okay, um, you know, which, which projects should I focus on now? Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to go on tour, which, which group should I take on tour? And it became, um, you know, it was no longer true that what was good for the goose was good for the gander. It was kind of like I had to, uh, um, kind of consolidate, um, kind of let everything collapse into a single pile. And um, it was um, kind of a, a big decision uh, and a big step that it took me, honestly, a couple years to kind of arrive at. But, um, you know, once, once I did, it was, it was, uh, it was fairly liberating. I didn't have to worry about like, okay, who's going to, you know, I get this new song. Who's, which bucket am I going to put this song in? You know, I don't even have to worry about it. There's only one bucket. Yeah. It definitely sounds easier that way. Does this also include spiritual? Is that going to be a separate entity? High spirits uh, will pretty much continue as, as it has been. Um, uh, we, we have a good thing going there. Um, a lot of people have invested, uh, a lot, uh, you know, not just financially, but in terms of the time and effort that's been put in, you know, with the touring that we've done, um, uh, especially, um, there's really no reason to, um, mess with, with, uh, what we're doing there. So high spirits remains what it is. And then this is kind of just a catch all, uh, container for, for everything else that I can come up with. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, you really, it really is like a mixed bucket. Was saying, I mean, you got everything on there from Sunrise, I Am the Rock. Each album, I mean, three full length records in the EP, each one in a little direction. I mean, all you, and if you're a fan of your music, you do, you know who it is, but you have something a little different each record, a different sound, a different vibe, a different style. I mean, I'm looking at all the material, I'm like, enough material here that came out of one shot where other fans would take Kato Moore to put out this much material. Sorry, I was I was only hearing part of what you were saying there, Mike. Oh, I was saying, I mean, you, you put out three full-length records and an EP, and each one is so good than the next, but yet still sort of 
to the same line of what you do. You have a very distinctive sound and style of writing. And you can't know who it is with each record, but all standalone records musically and different in each respect. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's, it's again, it's kind of a consolidation of my process now. Instead of trying to organize things into different um, different identities, you know, like a like a band identity with its own logo and its own, you know, maybe its own lineup or its own imagery, it's it's all under Professor Black. And all I have to do now is kind of organize these songs into into albums and into EPs. And uh, you know, again, that's been that's been a pretty liberating step in a way i think um maybe the fan base might take it might take a little getting used to uh you know not not my dedicated diehards you know they're 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 up for for wherever i want to take them but i think the more the more casual fans the more curious fans uh maybe on the outside looking in may have to kind of um kind of meet me halfway on this uh, uh, yeah. and, and check out the different albums, check out the music. Um, and I think also some of the media, um, I was just talking to somebody earlier today about this. I think some of the media, uh, I don't want to say they've been reluctant to kind of pick up on this, but it's, it's, you know, it's like, it doesn't fit their format. So they're not sure. Um, how to do it. Like, for example, a magazine, it's like, okay, do we review although these three albums came out at the same time? Do we re- review them together as a unit? Do we review them separately? And it's like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just happy that, uh, that anybody's checking them out. You know, they can, they can decide how to, how to manage them in terms of what their structure is. But, um, you know, back to what you were saying, I, I think, yeah, I hope, uh, anyway, that there's kind of a, know the thread of whatever you want to call it my songwriting uh style my songwriting persona um that does connect them um i do feel um a strong obviously a strong connection and investment in uh in all three of them um even though they do at the same time sound very different from one another true i mean what was the thought process in putting all at the same time was was it just like had this music you were so long and you wanted to get it out to people to hear because most people would kind of it out like to have a new product to put out whatever really having the effort of actually recording each album separately right well there was some um in my mind there was some give and take as to whether that was going to be a good idea uh to do them all at the same time and i, I have actually i have a clever stock answer for that is, is that uh two wasn't enough and four was too many so that's why three <laughs> but uh you know like that's kind you know that's kind of a, a bs uh you know, kind of snarky stock answer. Um, part of part of my motivation to do it that way was to tell people off the bat, look, with Professor Black, there's no guarantees for what you're going to get style-wise. You may get Sunrise. You may get I Am The Rock. You may get something completely different that you weren't expecting um, or that I wasn't expecting for that matter. Um, so I think releasing the three albums these particular three albums at the same time is saying, look, all bets are off. You know, the boundaries, the boundaries, the borders are open, um, you know, come what may. So again, there was, um, there was some give and take in my mind as to whether that was the right way to do it. Um, but then on the other hand, had we done, say, had we done sunrise first, okay, sunrise comes out. And then if I am the rock follows that, 
six months or a year later, it's like, well, what's this guy doing? He's completely, completely changed his sound. Um, And my thinking was that that may be even more to ask than to release them all, uh, you know, three at the same time. And the label High Roller, High Roller's always been very, uh, they trust my instincts um, with things too. So once I, once I knew that they were fine with it, I was like, all right, let's, let's go for it. Yeah, no, I, you know, when you say that, it, it completely sounds good because people will say that. Oh, what is he doing? Changing the style, right? So they know they're getting something different. I mean, but music to you, is it something you feel like you have to plan out and you work to refine it? Or is it more natural, organic, where you just come up with something and go with it? It it can be both, Mike. Honestly, there's no um, there's no pattern to it. There's no formula. Um, some of my favorite songs that I've written have been, you know, I get an idea out of nowhere, you know, uh, what's the, the cliche? I'm, a, you know, I'm singing in the shower and I come up with something brilliant. I don't know if it's literally that's what's happening, but it's, you know, can be doing, doing anywhere, doing anything when an idea hits me, boom. And then I get to, uh, I get to the computer with my guitar and, and put down the song in three minutes. Some of the, some of my other favorite songs, it's completely the opposite. You know, maybe I'll still get, maybe I'll get that little nugget uh, in a similar way, just, you know, kind of, hits me like lightning or whatever you want to say. Um, but then sometimes it like the song full power, the high spirit song, full power. That took me a year and a half to get that song to where, to where it felt proper. You know what I mean? And in the end it sounds, at least I hope it sounds very energetic, very spontaneous. Um, but you know, that's, that simply wasn't, wasn't the case with that one. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if they all took three minutes, but uh, you know, Sometimes it goes the other way. When you spend a year and a half working on one song, I mean, I know it's on and off. It's not like 20 hours a day. Sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> right. But does it feel, when you hear it a year and a half later, you still say to yourself, something's not right. Because like, I know it's probably a riff or something you really care about. But does it ever whole or complete it? you spend that much time on it? Or do you still find like maybe that little fault in it where you think you can do something different? You know, it can be hard to walk away. It can be hard to walk away. And especially, um, you know, as time passes and it gets to, you get to be a few years removed from something. And it's like, man, I'd like to go back and, you know, tighten that screw, or maybe I shouldn't, have, you know, shouldn't have played that drum fill that particular way. What, what, um, what does happen and what did happen with full power is the song doesn't feel finished. Okay, let me let me try this, and I'll and I'll kind of take it apart, take the whole thing apart, and build it again in a slightly different way, and say, Nah, the original way was better. And I'll do this over and over. That's kind of what was happening again with Full Power as an example. It's like I keep building basically the same thing, and it's like I just need to I just need to know when good enough is good enough. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, you know, I came in the high stairs. I think right before you were here right it was a little late to get to the band because you know the 90s was kind of rough and there was a lot of bad stuff out there and things started picking up in 2000 I remember reading an article I just headline said Congo's metal savior and they were talking about spirits I read the article I went let me go check out the band I've heard of them all these years but I never really gave them a listen and I fell in love with the band then I went through the back blog and I was up to see you guys live a couple years ago in Brooklyn Defenders of all oh football. cool cool and the energy that you guys put on stage it's just beyond belief. Not only did the outfits, which I'm impressed, it's just the energy you guys put out is just incredible. It's like beyond belief. I mean, is that something that really happened? 
you worked on in a band, you just look for guys that, you know, you kind of belong with to that aspect and make it happen that way. Um, you know, I think that's us um, just being more experienced as a band, as a touring band. Um, and, you know, the, the band is, is kind of structured uh, in, a, in a unique way or in, a, in an unusual way. Uh, you know, I, I do the records myself. I do the songwriting and record the albums myself. And then the live band is, you know, kind of a, its own thing. Obviously, we're playing the same songs. But I think because I think because the other guys maybe haven't lived with the songs, um, you know, in the recording studio and in the you know in the songwriting phase, the way I have, they're kind of tapping tapping into those songs almost as an audience member would, and they're kind of they're kind of reacting. Um, and obviously, there's that cyclical. Um, energetic reaction that happens at a show between the audience and the band. Um, and I think by their nature, the high spirit songs very much lend themselves to that kind of, you know, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, um, what would you say? A lot of, <clears throat> a lot of momentum. Um, there's a lot of sing along parts. Um, so I think, the, that material by its very nature kind of uh, sets up that, that engagement with the audience and again, vice versa the, with um, the the energy returning to us on stage. It's just kind of, just kind of builds and builds. It's true. I mean, there's too many bands to name. I mean, it could be super Christ, Pharaoh, you know, high space, professor black, dozens of the other bands have been a part of Dawnbringer. Final prayer, mm-hmm. so many of them, but I mean, you never know what's going to hit. I mean, when you, when you start up one of these band projects, you say to yourself, man, I can't believe what I'm writing, what I'm writing right now. This is going to be huge. It doesn't go nowhere. You say, you're like, experience comes along. I don't know how you felt were writing that music. Say, I, I kind of like it. And they like, you know, cause, do you ever really know what's going to hit or what, you know, what's, what's going to find the audience or what's going to draw people's attention when you're working on it? Um it's hit and miss, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, when you, when, when you're immersed in writing a song or recording an album or, uh, you know, in the rehearsal room with your bandmates, it's hard to, uh, and this kind of goes against what we just said about high spirits, but it's hard to kind of put yourself in the audience's position um, because it's a very, for an audience member, that's a very personal thing for a listener. That's, you know, they're in a very different environment than you were when you were writing the song, when you were, when you were recording the song, you know, they're not, they're not, they're not intimate with it the way that you are, but they can become intimate with it in their, their own completely different way that the artist has no control over. And then there's all kinds of things like, like timing. Um, I feel that with that, um, the previous high spirit or the most recent high spirits record, I should say motivator that came out September of 2016. Um, now right around then, right around that time, um, Metallica released, uh, was it death magnetic or was it the one after that? I think it was one after that. Uh, the the latest one. Hardwired. Yeah. Metallica released hardwired. Axl Rose and Slash were back. Guns N' Roses was touring. Glenn Danzig was singing with the fucking Misfits. 
after <laughs> 30 years of saying he would never do it again. And none of nobody knew six months ago when we were setting up, okay, we'll, we'll release motivator in September. Nobody knew any of that was going to happen. Now, did that hurt us? No, I don't think so. But it meant that a lot of media and a lot of, um, well, you know, a lot of media, they were, sorry, we have, we have a six page Metallica spread this month. Um, you know, everybody else has got to wait, you know, Oh, I can't buy your album. Cause I just spent $200 to go see those, you know, guns and roses show or whatever. Um, yeah. again, I don't think it hurt us. It probably hurt mid-level bands. I remember Testament had a record out around the same time. I was like, man, I feel, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for those guys because they're probably getting, getting really pinched. Um, in terms of the promotional uh, effort behind their record, because of all this other crazy crap that's going on right now that nobody even knew about six months ago. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of taking the long way back to your question. There's, you don't know what the time is going to be. You don't know what the situation is going to be when, uh, you know, when your album finally comes out six months later and you don't know what the, what the personal situation of a listener is going to be, whether they're going to really connect with that album or whether they're just going to, you know, pass it, listen to it once, pass it by, or, or whether they're not even going to hear about it because they're at the Guns N' Roses gig. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. That's very true. And you've been doing this for over 20 years now in one way or another. A lot has changed. I mean, as far as business goes, I mean, you sort of got into it when record labels were already starting to struggle and I guess kind of true. fall apart in labels. And it wasn't long after that, iTunes and, and all and other stuff took effect. But 20 years later, I mean, how do you, how do you feel about whole business end of it now compared to when you got into it is it better you know for active musicians or musicians that will make this a career a way of making money if that's even possible today is it any better now than 20 years ago i think it is a bit better 20 years ago i mean compared to 20 years ago um yeah. as long as you're a motivated artist if you're the type of artist who is is going to seek out his or her own opportunities and, um, you know, do your own promotion, uh, book your own tours, things like that. There are mechanisms now um, that make that a lot easier than it was 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yes, record labels were definitely on the decline, but there was still this kind of barrier that kept a lot of kind of, I don't want to say DIY, but basically, you know, independent DIY artists like myself, it was still kind of hard to find, find the openings that you wanted for, you know, for booking shows or even for getting hooked up with record companies. And now um, social media is part of, part of it. Um, it, it, Just the internet, just being able to send somebody an email overseas instead of having to pay six dollars to send it over a fax i mean that that gives a that gives a huge advantage to 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 anybody who's out on their own um and really kind of trying to claw their way up um you know i you mentioned itunes for that matter um yeah there's there's a lot of downsides um to that whole realm but i don't think the upsides get talked about as much and again as long as you have the motivation to put your tracks on iTunes, to put your tracks on Bandcamp, um, you can. You don't need a manager to do that. You don't need a record label to do that. Uh, you don't need a booking agent to do that. You just need to be motivated. And, um, you know, I think 
at least in that sense, for somebody in my position who's doing what I'm doing, um, yeah, I would uh, I would definitely prefer things the way they are now. Yeah, could always think, be better. <laughs> oh, I, of course, I I know that. But do you think the scene is a little too overcrowded today? I mean, you go on, you know, Facebook is the biggest social media platform for most, for most bands like Motor Page or an album or anything. You go on and there's fifty thousand bands a day. You have to go through to find something good, and most of them are the two kids in a garage just playing an instrument, putting their own albums together because they have the technology. To but like the quality sure. is not there. So you're going to find something really good out. There. Do you think it's just? Do you think the ease of recording, the ease of putting music out there, has kind of diluted the market and kind of get missed out on because so many of the shitty bands or you know product groups just are dominating the market because they have a bigger social media share. Yeah, I mean, it could be again. There's 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 definite downsides to it. Um, that's one of them. Um, you know, it kind of. Uh, the playing field is, is very level right now, which means there's, there's a lot of players out there. Um, it's, it's, it's taken a lot of power away from the record companies, which is good because they had too much power for sure. But, um, uh, that without that filter, um, you know, it's kind of like come one, come all. And like you said, there's a lot of, uh, two kids in a garage who do have the, the technology, you know, the software to, uh, to at least make a good show of it. And, you know, again, whether this, whether the songwriting's there, um, you know, that's, uh, that's very hit and miss, like you said. So yeah, maybe, maybe from a, from an artist's point of view, from a musician's point of view, uh, now compared to 20 years later, yeah, it's a better situation. There are, there are more, more openings, more points of access, let's say, but from, you know, and I hadn't thought about that, uh, with your previous question, maybe from a fan's point of view, from an audience point of view, um, maybe the return of some of those, some of those barriers would be, uh, would be healthy or helpful. I don't know. Like you said, though, it could, it could be a major project to try to, try to find it, you know, the one new release that you want to uh, really get into and, and explore in any given month. Cause it's just like, like you said, it's thousands and thousands and it's a bell shaped curve. You know, some yeah. of it's great, some of it's garbage, but a lot of it's just really, kind of average mediocre stuff that you know you know that, that's maybe true we're not a lot better off know. without that clutter i don't know yeah no i agree i agree you know anybody who listens to you knows that the way you work i mean you know it works for you i mean is being banned like with four or five equal is all contributing writing is that something that you would be interested in somewhere down the road or something you try to just for you because obviously the way you do it does because you create just amazing music, you know, the way you write right now. It's all, but sometimes you ever like writer's block with, I wish I had somebody sit next to me, <laughs> maybe throw me this idea to get this thing moving here. Yeah, um, I, I have felt that, and I know, um, I know that I, I've gotten, gotten feedback to that effect from some people who were uh, close and maybe not so close. They're like, yeah, maybe you should, maybe you should bring uh you know for example with high spirits you know it's uh, I've, I've been asked before you know why don't why don't you use the live band uh any of those guys for the recordings aren't you just making it harder on yourself um and again it's it's a it's a situation where there's upsides and downsides um as far as high spirits and as far as uh the professor black albums uh, it's like i don't want to say it's like an old dog with new tricks but at this point i'm my process is pretty I'm pretty embedded in my process. It would be, it would be, yeah. it would be a m- 
to change the process for high spirits would be would, would totally disrupt it. I mean, the fact that I make the albums myself is part of why high spirits sounds like high spirits. That's part of what it what it is. If we were to do it another way, it would no longer be high spirits. But I I do have uh, some collaborative stuff. The the, uh, the Lupus album from Professor Black. There's actually three. There's actually four of us playing there. Um, and I also have a band called Pharaoh that's uh, that's always been collaborative. Um, there's four guys in that band, and all four of us uh, contribute for that. Um, so I do get a taste of that more. Uh, uh, kind of like exchange of ideas uh, um, approach to songwriting, but what what, what I've what I've found uh, just through observation uh, for bands that I've known is it's pretty unusual to have a four piece band or a five piece band where everyone is writing for every song. Usually in those situations, it's like, okay, the bass player wrote a couple songs or maybe the, the guitar player and the singer got together on a couple songs. I think it's pretty rare, um, except maybe at the very, very early stages that a band is truly collaborative and that there's like five people kind of writing by consensus or writing democratically. I think I think that is way more of an exception uh, than a norm but like i said that's just based on observation so i don't really know yeah but when you have a band that writes that way or like you said bass player write a couple songs the guitar player and doesn't that come the flow of the band because each player is going to have something stronger than another one and it does bring a different type of sound to the long band where there's that one consistent like yourself you know i was going to sound the way it's supposed to sound for the band yeah yeah and it's you know, again, it's give and take. And there's, uh, who's a band? Who's a band like uh, uh, Halloween? There's a band that has always had had multiple songwriters. Um, but or Iron Maiden's another example too. It's like, you you know, maybe on each on each album, there's going to be a couple songs like, like oh, they let, they must let the drummer write that song. Like that one kind of <laughs> doesn't really doesn't really hang with the others. And then you look in the book yeah. and you're like, oh, sure enough, you know, but then, but I've, I've been surprised. I've been surprised in the other direction before because, uh, oh, what, what the, oh, Gamma Ray. Um, I forget which album it was. And there was one song on it. And I, 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 I never especially liked the songs that the drummer would bring for that band. Great drummer, not my favorite songwriter in the band. And there was this one song. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't remember what song or what album it was. But I'm listening to the album. I was like, "Man, this song rocks! This song kicks ass!" I wonder if I wonder if Kai Hansen wrote this one, or if the bass player wrote this one. And I look, and it was the fucking drummer. I was like, "No, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is the best song on the album." And I usually hate the songs that that guy brought to the band. Well, not putting it a little dramatically there, but know you know what I mean. So, yeah. so you never know. You never know. True. You know, there's that movie with Tom, that Tom Hanks made uh, with the band. Uh, one wonders. I forgot the name of the movie right now. Uh, uh, and they sure. the bar and, and he's talking to the, this jazz drummer that he loved, or a piano player. And he's telling he goes, "Bands come and go." He goes, "You got to worry about yourself, and, and you make up on your own." I mean, is that like the attitude you have to have in this business? Where you, you know, you're in a band, you do want to be collaborative, but if you don't make it happen yourself or do it on your own, you know, you come to the future and you fade up like three or four other members, and that could go the wrong way if this is what you want to do. Right. It all depends. It all depends. I mean, I think, you know, in a working band in a, in a professional band, um, 
you know, like Iron Man or like Halloween, like those guys have, those guys have clear cut roles and there's clear cut expectations for, I mean, you know, Steve Harris is going to write 90% of the album. That's just the way it goes, you know? Um, So I think, and even within those bands, like those guys, they all have their like personal fans, you know, people who are, you know, I'm a Maiden fan, but I'm especially a Adrian Smith fan. You know, they follow, they follow maybe what those guys do on their careers uh, outside the band more than they follow the other guys or whatever. So I think, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's some of both. I think, I think these guys, um, you know, maybe including myself uh, rely on the band identity uh, on one hand, but there's also this kind of um, personal identity uh, or, or persona or character or whatever you want to call it, that the more, the more diehard fans, the more devoted fans, not the casual fans who are just kind of grazing, but the, you know, the, the people who are going to be around for the long haul, um, maybe they, they kind of see it those two different ways. True. Hey, Chris, I'm not going to keep you because, you know, I want to play a couple of songs off for the records, but I had a great oh, time talking that. with you tonight, man, and the best luck. Just keep putting out the music you're putting out. You're such a great job on it. I love everything that you guys put out, so keep it going, please. Oh, thank you, Mike. And likewise, you keep doing what you do, too, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in Brooklyn again uh, next year with High Spirits. I hope so. You take care, Chris. Have a great day. Cheers, Mike. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, Chris Black from Professor Black. Let's get off with too soon.
Professor Black with Too Soon. I want to thank Chris Black for being on tonight's show. Samuel Nyman. We're going to wrap it up here tonight. One more song. I'll see you guys next Sunday night, the last Sunday of November 2018, and we head into the holiday season. Who's on the show next week anyway? Midnight Vice, Heaven and Hell recording artists will be on the show. I think most of the band members are going to be calling in, or at least three of them. Uh, So don't forget to tune in next Sunday night at 6 o'clock. And after that, it's right into December. We only have about three shows where we're going to have guests the first three weeks of the year. And then after that, we'll do our two holiday shows. We'll kind of combine it into the Sunday night show so I don't have to do a special holiday matinee. So we'll do our Christmas show and our Happy New Year special the last week of the year. All right, let's close it out here tonight. Let's see what we can do. How about some Stefan Rod? Let's head to New Jersey once again. We started out in Jersey. We closed it off in Jersey. As a matter of fact, Chris Black is a Jersey guy. I know he's out of Chicago these days, but I do believe he was born and bred in New Jersey. So here's Blow Off Your Face. Or Blow Your Face Off, excuse me. Stefan Rod. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. 
Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Get to Old Navy now for 50% off your entire purchase. What's better than that? Even bigger savings on tees for just 5 bucks and jeans for just 15 bucks. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Select styles only. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.